Matthew 14, are you there? All right, let's look at verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into his ship and to go before him and to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. When his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus But the wind was boisterous, and he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for what our hearts have felt, what we've already heard this morning, how we've been convicted and challenged and changed already and realize Lord unless you do the work there's nothing of eternal value going to take place this morning and I pray God now that you would help me and you'd make preaching what it ought to be make worship what it ought to be make this time together what it ought to be in the Lord Jesus Christ I pray God that you'd draw our attention to the truth of the word of God and I pray that You'd please, by the power of God, change us. If there's somebody here this morning lost and without you, would you save them by your grace? But, oh, God, change every one of us, from the youngest to the eldest, from the saint to the sinner, from the front to the back. I pray by the grace of God we'd all leave different. Help me now as thy servant to do thy will and glorify thy name, and we'll thank you for all you accomplished in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... We come to the text this morning. What I've read obviously is a familiar text to you, but there's three key elements to our text that I want you to take notice of this morning. First of all, there's the disciples and their sailing experience here before us. Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. We realize that they have this sailing experience that we're going to focus on this morning. Then there's the disciples in their supernatural experience that takes place at least five to six miracles that takes place in the verses that I've read to you this morning. And can I say to you, when we're trying to uh, do the will of God and sail in this life and live the Christian life, there's going to be some times that we have to have heavy and get involved in a supernatural way in our life if we're going to make it and uh, we'll concentrate on that maybe tonight. And then there's the disciple and his specific or his special experience. Peter uh, here in the text getting out of the boat and walking on water. Uh, this, uh, this special experience and I want to thank God for over the 27 years that I've been saved. There's been some very special experiences in my life. Can I say it's amazing how you can 
can be in a church full of people and a message, one message, one title, one text, but Jesus can do something for you on a very personal level while he is doing something very personal for somebody else across the aisle at the same time. Four things by means of introduction this morning. I'm preaching on this thought and possibly even if we get to it tonight as well, the process of getting from here to there. The process of getting from here to there. Jesus sent his disciples and he said to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And I want you to know that as a saved individual, there is uh, somewhere you and I are going. We're not just existing this morning. We understand that before we say the last amen this morning, uh, we may not get through the jubilee this week, but we could possibly see him face to face. In other words, heaven is our eternal destination. We know where we're going. We're not wondering or hoping this morning, but as a child of God, thank God uh, there is a place that we are headed uh, and we ought to be more excited about it today than we have ever been. But there is a process of getting from here to there. We are to occupy until he comes. Yes, we're headed there, but there's the process of life. And then there's the process of getting from here to there as far as our daily life is concerned. You do realize that it is important how you live your life and the faith you put in Christ every day. And what I mean is there were people here last year that are not going to show back up this year that we're not going to see their face again. Some has gone on the glory by that direction and some's out of the will of God. There is the process of getting from here to there in the will of God on our in our daily life and activity. But as we think about getting from here to there, four things very quickly. Uh, number one, I would say to you there is something here in our text that we do not know. I know it's greatly debated on whether Peter was right or wrong for getting out of the boat here in the text. Some people think that he had no right to get out of the boat and that it was very presumptuous for him to do so. But I like what G. Campbell Morgan said concerning the text in verse 29. We do realize when Peter said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. In verse 29, Jesus uses one word and it's that great invitation word where he said, come. And G. Campbell Morgan said that Christ never invites us to do anything presumptuous in life. Can I say to you, I believe he's in the perfect will of God stepping on that water, going to the one who's worthy to be come to. And I say to you this morning that listen, we don't know really should he have stayed on the boat, should he have got up, but I do know this, he did something only Jesus has done. No other man besides Jesus and the apostle Peter has ever walked on water. This is something maybe we do not know. Then there's something that we absolutely do know. We know that when you study the life of the apostle Peter, he was very zealous for the Lord and we see that zealousness here in the text. You say, well, I think he ought to be just, you know, I think you ought to calm down a little bit and I know, but can I just say, friend, when he gives you life and he gives you abundant life, he gives you that eternal life, it ought to spring up in you from time to time. There ought to be some zealousness in the child of God's life. And I understand we have to keep that zealousness in check. In one instance, this zealousness of Peter, it's causing him to walk 
walk on water to go to Jesus. But you remember that same zealousness in his life caused him to cut a soldier's ear off and Jesus had to reach down and pick it up. And So we have to keep that, I say be zealous, be excited, be thrilled that you're saved. Take every opportunity you can to get close to God and live for God and walk on the water if you can. But be careful to keep that zealousness in check and keep the sword in its sheath and make sure that we know what we're doing even though we're zealous for our Lord. So what we don't know, what we do know, then there's what we wish or what we wish was unknown. When you study the life of the apostle Peter, I know as far as I'm concerned, it's just what what I wish was unknown at times is how much I can be like the apostle Peter in my own life. What I mean is sometimes I see a man maybe a great success in my life and one minute it seems like I'm walking on water while the next minute uh, my faith is weak and I'm sinking in that water that I'm walking on. Uh, One minute my faith is great while the next minute I let fear control my life. Now you may not admit that this morning but I want to say to you uh, when you look at these Bible characters they're not there. They're there for our example and when I see myself in the apostle Peter of Peter in me. Great faith one minute, great fear the next minute, standing on water one minute, sinking the next minute. Oh, I wish that these things were unknown in my life. Listen, somebody said, well, preacher, I'd like to be a known. Well, there's a lot of known people in the Bible and I'll tell you what God does. He opens their life up to you and me. I don't want you to know everything about me. This is an honest book. God's an honest God. And while we see their great success we also see their great failures in life as well. I just wish there were some things that were unknown about me. I wished everything was a great success, but it's not. There's a lot of great failure attached to my life. A lot of things I wished I could go back and do again. A lot of things that I wish was not there, but it's there maybe for even others to learn. There's what we don't know, what we do know, what we wish was unknown. But then there's what I'm glad to know. What I'm glad to know here in the text, Peter's walking on water. That same water he begins to sink in as fear begins to control his emotions and his mind and his heart. But thank God in the moment of his sinking, he looks up and he says, Lord, save me. No fancy prayer. He didn't have time to go through a discourse, but in three simple words of faith, I'm glad to know that Jesus is always close by in my time of need to lift me up and lift me out and help me when I cannot help myself. What I'm glad to know this morning is that over and over again in Peter's life he's having to call on God. He said, listen, God's not saving his soul in this text but he is saving his life and the many mistakes I've made and the failures that have added up in my life. Thank God in one simple prayer, seemingly over and over again. Lord save me. Lord save me. Lord save me. He's been faithful to immediately reach down and pick me up time and again. I'd have given up on me a long time ago if there's a God in heaven, honey, who faithfully has reached out in his loving arms, pick me up again, put me on solid ground and help me to march on for the glory of God. There's something here that I'm glad to know and I'm glad to know Jesus and his mercy and grace in my life.
This morning, I want to simply preach here out of the text this process from getting uh, from here, to, of getting from here to there. I want to look at these disciples and their sailing experience this morning. Brother Morgan said it what to do when you turn to I, those two natures. You say, Preacher, how, how can I know that I'm saved? What's one of the evidence? Well, uh, one of the greatest evidences of knowing you're saved is do you have that great struggle within you on a daily basis? And I say to you, as he said this morning, I'm thankful this morning to be sailing not only in this life, but I'm sailing in this way. I know what it is to be on the other side, to be on the other ship, to be on the other side of the tracks. But there is something about the Christian life. There is something about serving God that is special, that is real, that is eternal. And this world has nothing to compare it to. I want to talk to you and give you five or 10 or 12 things about their sailing experience this morning. Number one, as we examine, as we try to get from here to there, I'm going to tell you something, friend. You can wear your halo all you want to and act like that everything's okay and you know how to get from here to there. But I say to you that this sea they're crossing, I mean, it's not like they're crossing the ocean. It's not some vast chasm. But I tell you, friend, sometimes just to get from Monday or from Sunday to Sunday, Sunday is a task. Sometimes just to get from Monday to Tuesday is a task. Sometimes just to get from Monday morning to Monday night is a task just to get from here to there. Some of the things that take place in this life and how to make it. First of all, there's the sea that they're sailing upon. When you look at the sea here, the Bible said they're on the Sea of Galilee. And this sea represents what I call the ebb and flow within our life. Every day you and I are sailing on life's troubled sea and we don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold. And listen, can I say to you, you don't know how to know much about marine life to know that the sea is an unstable institution and honey, life is an unstable. I'm talking about the sun may be shining today and be as black as a thousand midnights tomorrow. Healthy today, sick tomorrow, money in the bank today, broke tomorrow. You may be shouting this morning and weeping come tomorrow. Life is a very unstable institution. The tide comes in and it goes out. The sea levels rise and they recede. The sea one day is calm and it's glassy and it's beautiful while tomorrow it can be choppy and dangerous and very ugly. But can I say to you, I have never known anyone uh, to give up on the beauty of the sea because of a couple of stormy, ugly days uh, that it may produce. Uh, I say to you, my best, my worst day being saved uh, is far better uh, compared to my best day that I ever had being lost. Uh, Yes, I've cried myself to sleep. Uh, Yes, I've hurt. Uh, Yes, I've not understood it all. Uh, But honey, I'm telling you, uh, 
I wouldn't trade selling on this sea that I'm on for anything in this world. It's been a good sale. I'm hey, I'm just saying yes. I don't care how saved you are. It's unstable, friend. He never promised us we wouldn't have pain. He never promised us we wouldn't cry. He never promised us we'd understand it all. He just made a sovereign promise that I'll go with you every step of the way. Thank God I'm telling you this journey. I remembered back in the summer, back in the summer my wife and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary and we we went to Florida and we went to the beach and you can say coast, beach, whatever you do as a Christian, I don't know. But we went to the beach and we were down and, and we had stopped in one place. We were headed all the way down into the Keys and we had stopped and, and, and spent the night in a place and we walked out onto the pier. We were going to eat supper and man, I noticed off in the distance, I said, man, this may ruin it. We could see way off, miles away, storm clouds begin to roll in. It was turning black. I mean, right where we were at, the sun was still shining, but it was a coming. And it was coming from a long way. I mean, you could see it. And you were just hoping maybe it would scoot around. And man, them people down on the, obviously got closer. And then all of a sudden, man, you could hear some thunder. And then the lightning would be rolling through those clouds. Well, we're up on a pier inside of a restaurant. And man, it's kind of sun. I'm still a little scared. Man, you got all these people. I don't know what they're thinking. The sun, I guess, had melted their brain earlier that day. They're still down there on the beach. They're still down there playing volleyball. And they're still down lightning. It's moving in. I'm thinking, man, I'm facing and they go down to where's the lifeguard? Where's somebody tell somebody what to do? I mean, are these people that crazy that they'll still be in the water and a storm rolling in and a lightning? I mean, it got right on. You say, wait, preacher, what are you talking? I'm just saying there is a beauty attached uh, to the sea uh, that you just, I mean, a storm can't drive you away from. And listen, I don't know, I just really don't know about these people who they just, they're smooth sailing Christians. As long as the water's not troubled and the sky's not dark and everything's going okay, they want to sing in the choir and raise their hand and they come to the church and they talk about how good everything is and good God is. But you let the storm clouds roll in. Honey, they don't wait miles away. They see it coming. They duck and they turn. You can't find them with a search warrant in the FBI. I mean, they're nowhere to be found. They blame God, blame the preacher, blame the Christian experience, blame the Christian life. Hear me, honey, it's in those moments that I need him more than at any other moment in my life. I just know that when the storm cloud comes rolling in on the sea of life, he's gonna pull up a little closer. He's gonna speak a little louder. I'm gonna get to see him and experience him like I have never before. Hey, if the only time you can sail, if the only time you enjoy the sea of life it's when everything's beautiful you're going to miss out there's the sea that they're sailing on in this sailing experience then secondly there's the sailors that they are sailing with the sailors that they are sailing with I would just say to you here that when you look at the text you've got to know that these all these men on this ship they're just common men with common problems and common needs just like you and me. I mean, just because they're his disciples and they're his hand-picked men 
doesn't exclude them from sailing on the same sea of life that you and I have to sail upon each and every day. Ladies and gentlemen, they're common men, common problems, common needs. But I say to you, if you're not careful, I think Brother John said it, Brother Gravely may have backed it up, we will allow ourselves to be convinced that we're the only ones that ever sail through any stormy waters and our mind will lie, the devil will lie, and we think, man, if anybody's gonna have it bad, it's gonna be me. If anybody's gonna go through it, it's gonna be me. Nobody understands me. Me. Nobody understands where I'm at. Nobody else is having these problems. Look up here, friend. We've all got problems. We've all got needs. Hey, we all get rained on at times. The wind blows at my house like it does yours. Fear grips my heart at times like it does. I'm just saying to you, there's some sailors here. They're all in the same boat. They're all in the same ship. They're all on the same sea. Hey, we're all on the same team this morning. We're all going through this thing together. There's a direction we're headed, but sometimes, sometimes there is a process in getting from here to there. And in that process, there's this sea that we're sailing on. But then there's the sailors that are involved. Listen to me, just because you're going through something today doesn't mean that you're going to be going through it tomorrow. And thank God for the people that are willing to go through it with you. Man, not only that, but there's number three. I want you to see the ship. The ship that these men are sailing upon in this process of getting from here to there. Now, the sea represents the ebb and flow of our life, but this ship, it shows us that there is a right and proper way to travel through this life. There is a right and proper way to travel. When Jesus said, go before me to the other side, he made sure that they had something to do that with. He didn't say, go before me to the other side, just jump in, boys, and see if y'all can make it. He didn't tell them to swim to the other side. I don't care how short of a distance that would have been. Just because they wasn't crossing the ocean doesn't mean that they could have made it to the other side, especially in the middle of a storm. He he didn't say, listen, I know kayaking's becoming a big thing, I mean, if you want to pay $2,000 for a kayak when I can get something with a motor on it and I don't have to row all that, go right ahead. Somebody asked me the other day about riding a bicycle. I said, I quit that when I got 16 and I got a car. Think, I'm going to ride a bicycle. I've got a vehicle, praise God. (laughs) He didn't say swim. He didn't say here's a kayak. I had an experience a couple years ago. My wife and I had to double in a single kayak five miles in a Kansas River because of a preacher's wife that wanted us to have a great anniversary trip. I don't, I'm not giving you all the detail on that, but I'm telling you, we lost the kayak. It was her fault, and we had to double five miles in a single kayak. You can have all that kayak. He didn't say get in a kayak and go the other side. When Jesus said, there is a process here, I want you on the other side, he gave them what they needed to get there. 
He's not going to leave you stranded wondering how in the world am I going to get to the other side. No, there's a ship here and there is a right way to go through life. First of all, there's, a shi- there's the ship of our family. I just want to say this. Thank God that he gave me the family that he has given to me. I didn't say all my family was saved. They're not all in church this morning. They're not all headed to heaven. They're not all believers. They don't all pat me on the back for the stands and the convictions that I have. But I'll tell you what God did do. He put some people in my life that were willing to love me for who I am. They raised me, did the best they could through life. They worked hard, spent money on me and raised me and protected me. Hey, can I just say this, especially to you young people or anybody that's struggling with your family, you may not have a perfect family, but if you've had somebody in your life that's tried to take care of you and help you, the family unit was established in the Garden of Eden before the church ever come along. Listen, we're losing it in this country and our churches because of how the the home is falling apart and the family unit's being destroyed. The devil knows what he's doing. I want to say thank God for the ship of my family. Second of all, I want to thank God for the ship of my friends. I sure thank God. Brother Morgan said it this morning. Two of the best friends in this world that I've ever had is sitting in this building and I'd fight you for both of them. I mean that. Uh, Listen, but I'm telling you this morning, uh, God has let some people walk into my life uh, over the last 27 years uh, that I could never put a dollar amount on. Uh, I don't have the adjectives to describe uh, what they really are to me, uh, but they've been there for me and they've prayed for me uh, and they've loved me uh, and they've helped me in times of need. Uh, I say hallelujah for the ship of my family, but thank God for the ship of good friends that God brings into your life. But then somebody may be here and you don't have a family at all. You've never known a mom and dad. You've never known what it is to have any type of family. And so that don't relate to you at all. And maybe you're here and friends are few in your life. And you've not been able maybe to even make many friends in this world. And you don't know much about that ship. But not only do I thank God for the ship of my family and the ship of my friends, but I sure thank God for the ship of my faith. And I guess when I say faith right there, I want to talk about the church for just a minute. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of things I could say right here. I know I don't have to say it at the Bible Baptist Church, but if you're disgruntled with the church and you're disgruntled with the preacher and you're disgruntled with the song leader and you're half mad at the deacons, uh, would you either... This, this, listen to me. This has been the best thing that has ever come along in my life. Honey, I came from a broken home, a broken environment. I had a broken life. I staggered into the New Life Baptist Church 27 years ago and that crowd didn't know me from Adam. Put their arms around me. Love me to Jesus. Hey, the church, honey, is where I've heard all time. Holy Ghost, sin, killing, preaching. The church is where I've been encouraged and strengthened to go on for God. I'm talking about the church, the ship of my faith. 
I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't even want to listen to you. Don't come to me after service and say, well, you just don't understand, Pastor Grab. No, honey, you're, you may get something from me you don't want. I don't want to hear you complain about the Bible Baptist Church or any other church for that matter. Honey, I'm telling you, you got a jewel here. You got a jewel sitting right there. You better thank the good God of heaven for the ship that God has put you on. I, I see this ship that they're selling. Through. Can I say in this ship there's stability? In this ship there is safety. I mentioned this already, but in this ship there are other sailors. Hey man, in this ship there's stability in the sailors and the sailors. But thank God, in this ship are the supplies that you're gonna need to get from one side of the sea to the other. Hey, some of our journey may last longer than others. I don't know where you're headed this morning compared to somebody else, but I do know this. If you'll stay with the ship, there'll be enough supplies to get you to where God is taking you. But if you bail out, get away, there's no telling what's gonna happen. There's enough supplies. There's enough supplies. There's the, there's the sea and the sailors. There's the ship here. But then I want you to see the storm. There's the storm here in our text. And can I just say to you, friend, there's going to be some rough waters at times while sailing to the other side. This process of getting from here to there, it's not always going to be rosy. It's not always going to be peaches and cream. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be some trouble. There's going to be some storms that arise. A couple things about this storm. Number one, I want you to notice here, they were, they were sailing before the storm ever started. Okay, two people understand where I'm at. Read your Bible. I'm not going to go read it again. But before the black clouds ever rolled in, before the lightning crashed, before the raindrops fell, before the wind started blowing, they were already sailing. Don't forget... When the storm comes, you were sailing this morning. Don't forget when the storm starts blowing in, you have already been sailing. Don't let that storm discourage you from putting the ship on the water and keeping on going. You were sailing before it started. They were sailing not only before the storm, but thank God they sailed into the storm. A storm doesn't mean turn around and go the other way. No, a storm just simply means a storm and you're gonna have to face it and just face it by faith and go right on through that storm. When that, if you go to, I believe it's the book of John where John talks about how they were rowing. I don't think they were rowing to get away from the storm. If you look at the text there and the indication of the text, they were trying to row to get through this. I want to say it again. Just because something comes up around here, just because some old mossy back somebody's got something negative to say, just because five families leave the church because they don't like the stand that the preacher took, just because some little storm blows into the Bible Baptist church doesn't mean that you pick up your ball and bat and your tent and you go home. No. No. 
row. You get an extra row in your hand and you start rowing through that storm, honey. And you Because why? Because you were rowing before the storm ever come. And so when it rolls in, just roll through it. They were rowing. They were sailing before the storm. They sailed into the storm. But thank God, they were still sailing after the storm. Bam, lightning crashing, thunders rolling, the rain began. The storm's blowing and the sea's chopping. They're rowing as hard as they can row. And man, they're right in the middle of that storm. But guess what? This too shall pass over and over in the Bible. And buddy, all of a sudden, the blackness is gone. I mean, they're soaking wet. The thunder's gone. Everything's gone. The sun's peeking out again. They're soaked to the bone. Little fears grip their heart through the midst of the storm but you know what's happening brother Caleb they're still sailing when the storm's over they're still headed in the direction that God had placed them in hey honey I'll tell you what will make you a better sailor I'll tell you what will increase your faith is when the storms come don't you turn around and run just keep sailing you were before it came and listen sail through it and when you when the storm is over Just keep sailing through. Just be there when it's done. I say this to you. You say, how in the world, preacher, can they? Were they still sailing after the storm stopped? Well, number one, if you read verse twenty-two. And the Bible said, get, he said, constrain them to get into a ship, go before them to the other side. I would say, first of all, the reason they were able to do that is because they were in his will. They were in his will. Just because a storm comes in your life doesn't mean you've missed the will of God. It doesn't mean that there's some kind of sin that you need to deal with, though there may be. But these men were in the perfect will of God in their life, and they just kept sailing. Just sail on in the will. Don't trade in the will of God just because a storm comes. I say they, they were still sailing after the storm because they were in His will. They were still sailing after the storm because they were in the right way. Well, maybe we took the wrong direction here. Maybe if we'd have went a little bit more to the right or a little bit more to the left... We see a lot of that going on in our day. Here's the Christianity of 2022. You're looking at me, everybody. You got to look at me here. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to have to show you Christianity in 2022. Is everybody looking? That is where you and I are living in today's society, in the church of today. Now, maybe not here, maybe not at faith, but I've just seen I've seen it in our place. Hey, he's seen it right here. You've seen it. Are you listening to me? I'm saying they were in his will, but they were in the right way. Hey, friend, I want you to understand just because you're in the right way doesn't mean you're not going to face some storms. And I'll tell you how they kept sailing after the storm. Not only were they in his will in the right way, they just, they just were willing to hold on to the right watch. Verse number 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Not the first watch or the second or even the third. They tell me that fourth watch is sometime between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning, the darkest part of the night. Just before dawn. 
just before the light is going to break on the scene and help them to see deliverance, he comes to them in the fourth. What if they would have kind of battled through that first watch? Man, we've done all we have rode. We've done. We're so tired. Our flesh. And, they, and it got into the second watch. Jesus, nothing's changed. The storm's worse than it was when it started. And they give up in the same. What if that had just, what if that had went all through and give up in the third watch? Just before the fourth watch. And he come, what if they'd have given, oh honey, can I just say to you, they hung on until the right watch. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Hang on, child of God. He's coming. He knows where you're at. Just say, you say, well, I ain't hanging on to him. He's, I know all of that. But you hear me? There's been some times I've had to lay a death grip and just say, Lord, I'm going to stay right here. I need you to come. Just hang on. I mean, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't compromise. Don't turn back. Don't let, no, just hang on. He'll show up right on time every time. They hung on to the right watch. So we've seen, we've seen the sailors, the sea, the ship, the storm. Let me close. I want you to see the Savior. Because if there's no Savior, there's no other side. If there's no Savior, there is no getting from here to there. You can have the sea and you can have the storm and the ship. You can even have other sailors. But if you have no Savior, you can forget the process, friend. You can do and work and toil all you want in your flesh. And you're never going to make it to that place. Oh, let me say this in a hurry. When you come to this place of seeing the Savior, I just want you to know this one thing. He's greater than anything you'll ever face in this life. He's greater than anything you'll ever face in this life. Now, I'm going to say this to you quick and just watch or go back and read it later. But I say to you, first of all, for he's greater than the storm that was raging around them in verse number 24. Also in verse number 24, he's greater than the sea that is crashing underneath them. In verse number 26 and 27, he's greater than the grip of fear on their life. Verse 28, he's greater than Peter's lack of faith. Verse 34, he's greater than the distance to the other side. Isn't it amazing when you get to John chapter number six, uh, the Bible talks about how that when Jesus got on the ship, immediately they were at the other side. Immediately they were at the, I don't know, according to this text in John six, if they had just, when once Jesus got there, then boom, they were landed on the other shore. Or if the fact that just having Jesus on the ship conquered everything else and it seemed but just a short moment. And I say to you, 27 years seems but just a short amount of time that I've been, you know why? They tell me, friend, when you're having fun, I mean, everything just passes by in a hurry. When you, I'm having the time of my life. I mean, this has been the best life I've ever known. I want you to understand, friend. I mean, immediately, I just say to you, the distance just doesn't seem. But then let me couple this along with it. He's greater than the delusion that tries to conquer your mind. You know, the Bible said that when they first saw him, they thought he was a spirit. They cried out for fear. I'm telling you, the delusion of our mind but he's greater than all of these things when Jesus shows up. He's greater than the storm, the sea, the fear, the faith, the distance, the delusion. I just want you to understand something. Uh, listen, you, I don't know where you're selling, how hard it is you're having to toil this morning, but I do want you to know one thing. Whatever you face in getting from here to there, he's greater than all of those things uh, combined together. He walked out there on that water, conquered that 
that very thing that had them gripped in fear. And I want you to know, friend, if you'll look to him instead of yourself, you can make it to the other side. I say to you, keep on sailing this morning. Keep on sailing. Keep on sailing, first of all, to that commanded place. Bible said he constrained them to get into a ship and to go before him. He commanded them to go before him to the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what we're commanded to do as a child of God? Sail the ship. It doesn't matter. He didn't, call, he didn't listen. He didn't, he didn't set them down and have a 12 step discussion on the sea and how to handle the sea and what to do about it. Some of these men were fishermen. They were familiar, but some of them were not. And some of them were very unfamiliar with the sea. But I tell you who was familiar, the one that gave the command. And I want you to know, friend, we may not always understand, but he's given a command to you and me that are saved by the grace of God. Get on this sea. Get, let the sails up. Up and let God take you to that command. Keep on sailing to that commanded place. Keep on sailing together to that common place. They wasn't going in 12 different directions. No, I know sometimes there's a personal will for my life and your life and your life, but inside Brother Laddie, that personal will, there's a collective will of God for all of our lives and we're all headed to that same heavenly shore. And honey, I say to you this morning, I don't want you to be a casualty I don't want to be a casualty. I don't want to drown in the sea that God has me sailing. No, no, there's a common place. Keep on sailing, child of God. Sail today. Sail this week. If you pulled your boat into the dock and you've tied it off and it's been a while since you've sailed for him, let this week, let him cut the ties. Let him push you back out into the deep. Let him get your boat back out where you can be something for God. Let him push you out there where you have to trust him again. Let him get you you own to that place where God can bless your life. Sail, 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 sail on. Sail on to that commanded place. Keep on sailing to that common place. But I say to you, keep on sailing because Christ knows your place. He knows your place. The Bible said that when he commanded them to go to the other side, he, he went up in a mountain alone part to pray. He sent the multitude away. Then the Bible said he, he went up in a mountain alone to pray. But they were never, ever out of his sight. He knew what he had them sailing into. That storm never, it might have snuck up on them, but it never snuck up on him. And I want you to know this morning, I want you to keep on sailing because he knows your place. You say, well, preacher, I I'm just nobody. I don't, I'm not, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't even know if most people in this church even know me. I mean, I, I, I'm just a nobody. Well, you may be a nobody when it comes to your family. You may be a nobody when it comes to friends. You may be even a nobody, and I, I know Bible Baptist Church better than this, but you may even feel like you're a nobody here. But I know where you're not a nobody. You're somebody to him. He knows your place. And no matter how bad that, he came to them in the midst of that storm. And no matter how black it was, fourth watch of the night, no matter how black and how bad the storm was, he had no problem getting to where they were, finding them, helping them. Sail on. Keep on sailing because Christ 
He knows what you're dealing with this morning. He knows what you're facing, what you're going through. He sees the storm on your sea. And what you're facing today may not be what I'm facing, but I do know this. Just as well as he knows my place, he knows your place. And there is a common place that we're headed to. Keep on sailing. He wanted them on the other shore. And the only place that they could be in his will, the only place that they would ever find satisfaction is to be in that place he had sent them to. Keep on sailing. Has it been a while? Are you tied off? Are you tied up? Is your faith depleted? Has it been a long time since you've been out there on the water in the will of God, sailing for him, sailing with him? Why not this morning as we kick off Jubilee? Why don't we kick this week? Won't you let him cut some ropes in your life? Cut some things away. Push your boat back out there. And keep on sailing for his honor. And for the process of getting from here to there. We're standing all over the building. Heavenly Father, I pray you take these thoughts and make much out of them for the glory of God. Help us today. Sometimes it's easy just to pull the ship into the dock and tie it off. Sometimes it's easy, Lord, to get our eyes off of you and fear grip our heart. Sometimes it's easy, Lord, to get all wrapped up in what's going on around us instead of the one who's sent us on this journey, the one who has protected us and provided all along. Help us this morning to sail No matter the storm, help us to sail and keep on sailing for Jesus' sake.